Mika Zibanejad explodes for three points, and Keandre Miller comes up clutch. But did the Rangers really deserve to win that game? We debate on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 928 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. So uh, just kind of a wild game in Vancouver against the Canucks back and forth. And uh, we get our first overtime Ranger game of the season. We get all sorts of uh, theatrics in the third period and just very, very exciting game of hockey. Wasn't, I would say, the best Ranger win of the season just in terms of their quality of play, but another come from behind win, uh, a win in which they showed perseverance, a win in which they largely dominated special teams and coming up clutch in the overtime period, albeit in controversial fashion. We'll get to that, you know, whether Chris Kreider, Trip Pedersen or not. We'll, we'll debate that a little bit later in today's episode. Also go through some of the highlights of the third period as well as the overtime. But I want to start today's show by talking about Mika Zibanejad and how he basically just went off in this game uh, for the New York Rangers. He ends up with three points, uh, including his first goal of the season. He also had two assists. All three Ranger regulation goals came on the power play. And once again, Mika Zibanejad had a hand in all three of those goals. Uh, it's crazy because his night began uh, in somewhat similar fashion that we've seen from him earlier in the season. And that being the fact that he hit the post again. He's basically becoming this year's Vincent Trocek. Trocek last year was well into double digits as far as how many posts he hit. And, man, he, he would have been flirting with 30 goals last season, Trocek. Uh, had he gotten a little bit more puck luck, had the iron been a little bit more friendly to him. But Mika, I mean, when he hit the post, Rangers won the power play, blast the post with a one-timer. And when that happened, I just said, my God, like how many times is this going to happen? This guy's looking for his first goal, just keeps hitting the iron. Uh, that had to be at least his third or fourth post of the season thus far. Uh, fortunately, though, he stuck with it as we knew he would. I mean, Mika's one of those players. You just don't worry about him. As far as this Ranger team is concerned, you can always look at this player or that player and He's got to be better at this, and he's got to do that better. Mika is one of those guys. I mean, nobody's perfect, obviously, but he, he's somebody that I worry about probably as little as any other player on this team. But to kind of go through his big night as far as the points that he came up with, uh, both of his assists were of the secondary version, and both occurred while the Rangers had a five-on-three power play. The first one put the Rangers up one to nothing. Uh, you've got... Mika zipping up the right side of the ice. You know, the, the Canucks have been able to clear despite being down five on three. Gains the blue line uh, with a lot of speed. You know, a couple of the PKers were probably paying attention to him at that point. He makes a centering pass. Really nice centering pass. Just basically stops, puts it right on the tape for Vincent Trocek. Uh, Trocek had it broken up, but the puck went right to Panarin. Panarin delayed for, you know, a second or two. He's got all kinds of time because it's five on three. And obviously there's not much pressure coming from the penalty kill when it's five on three. But he ends up firing a wrist shot at the net, and he scores. And I'm telling you, quick aside with Panarin here, there's no way Panarin takes this shot as recently as last season. He's always looking to, you know, set up his friends, and he is a great passer, and that's all well and good and everything. But I love seeing Artemi Panarin take advantage of what's also a pretty le lethal shot. Uh, Casey DeSmith, former Penguin, he had no chance against this. Rangers up one to nothing at that point. And then Mika comes up with his second assist a little bit later in this game. By this point, the Rangers are down 2-1. to one. This game nodded the score at 2-2. Two to two. 
and basically just leaves a drop pass for Panarin. Panarin starts to move toward the net, and he passes in deep to Adam Fox. Adam Fox redirects it into the net. Now, imagine being the team trying to kill this penalty against the Rangers. First of all, it's five on three, and you're always in dire straits when you know, you've got three guys out there and they've got five. That's first and foremost. But you've got all these great power play players for the Rangers, all these talented guys on the ice, and Panarin's got the puck. And keep in mind, he shot from the same area of the ice a little bit earlier in the game. So you're probably wary of that. You're probably thinking he might shoot. He's got Mika Zibanejad to his left, who at any moment, you know, Panarin could feed him for one of his booming one-timers. You've got Kreider on one side of the net looking for a deflection, which he's very good at. And then what do they do? They don't do any of those things. They just set up Adam Fox, of all people, for a deflection on the other side of the net. The net. And honestly, Fox has been going in deep a little bit uh, more often on the power play this season. That's something to kind of keep an eye on going forward. We've seen him down around the goal line, uh, making a couple of passes. We saw it once in the preseason and once in the regular season where Fox was kind of in deep along the goal line during a power play, tried to pass across the crease and it deflected into the net. Here, though, he does the deflecting and uh, knocks it into the net. So that's just kind of interesting to see Fox going in deeper on power plays uh, a little bit more often here. Obviously, five on three, pretty much do whatever you want. Um, but great deflection here by Fox. Uh, maybe learning from Chris Kreider. Maybe Chris Kreider has uh, shown him a thing or two in practice as far as deflections are concerned. But there's another assist for Mika Zibanejad. And Mika didn't really have to do a whole lot on this one. But like we just talked about, he's at the post a whole bunch of times. Maybe the hockey gods finally de decided, like, okay, he deserves an extra point here, a bonus point, quote-unquote. Uh, they all count, and obviously he's out there for the five-on-three, and he gets another assist here. So already a multiple-point game for Mika Zibanejad. But his best was yet to come. He actually uh, took a high stick. The score is still tied at 2-2 two to two at this point. We're getting late in the third period. He takes a high stick from our old friend, Phil DiGiuseppe, and it ends up being a four-minute double minor on Phil DiGiuseppe because Mika was bleeding. Um, basically, though, you know, he went to the bench while play was still going, while the delayed penalty was, you know, occurring, and they fix him up, and Mika doesn't end up missing uh, even a single shift. He was right back out there. And then Mika ends up getting what could have been the game-winning goal uh, pretty late in the third period here on the power play. This is really just a wild sequence because you know, the Rangers, they had the four-minute um, power play to their advantage, and there's a turnover. Adam Fox was trying to pass the puck up the ice to Mika Zibanejad. Uh, the Canucks took control of it, went in on a two-on-one, and were able to score to take a 2-1 lead. But then the Rangers scored a little bit later on this power play. There was an error penalty against the uh, the Canucks, and that led to another or extended power play time for the Rangers. So the first of those two goals that tie the game at 2-2, two to two, that's the one that was scored by Adam Fox, where Mika got the secondary assist. And then, again, what could have been the game-winning goal, Rangers are still on the power play. You got a wild scramble in front of the Vancouver net. And then you've got Mika scoring on a one-timer. Uh, the pass was made by Adam Fox, basically, you know, across the ice over to Mika Zibanejad. Mika puts it home, and he scores the one-timer. And it was such a cool image because at that point, you know, Mika still had, like, blood running down his face, or maybe it was dry at that point, but uh, the battle scar was there. So just kind of a, a cool image, and Mika Zibanejad giving the Rangers the lead with his first goal of the season. Could not have come at a much better time. Uh, despite the lack of goals this season, though, like I was talking about, Mika's just somebody that you just don't have to worry about. He is still racking up assists. Uh, he's up to seven after this performance. So seven assists and one goal through eight games here, point per game, even with him not being at his absolute best. And 
Amika defending well, made a couple of nice plays in the neutral zone in this game, I thought as well. But nice to see him finally uh, get the monkey off his back, so to speak, and um, you know score a goal here at a, at a big time moment in this game for the Rangers. Of course, the Canucks came back to tie it, but we'll get into greater detail about that and also break down the overtime period and a very controversial game winning goal scored by the Rangers. We'll get to all that stuff in just a second. But first, definitely want to let everyone know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying your tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without all those annoying hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank everybody, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, definitely going to want to stick around. Rangers are rolling right now. I don't know why you wouldn't want to kind of bask in this, uh, all these, these these great games that they're playing and all these wins that they're racking up. Already 4-0 on the road trip. A chance to sweep a five-game road trip on Monday night against the Winnipeg Jets. Puck drops at 7.30 for that one. Uh, so obviously in our next episode, we're going to be breaking down everything that happens there. Hopefully celebrating will be, it's already a great road trip. Even 4-1 and one, um, is a great road trip, but now you just get to be a little bit greedy because I think 4-1, and one, we'd probably all sign up for that if you told us the Rangers would go 4-1 and one on this road trip, but they're 4-0. and oh. Hey, let's, let's get five in a row here and go home with just, uh, you know, an incredible road trip. 10 points out of a possible 10. I did want to change gears briefly here, though, talk about something that happened over the weekend. Um, just kind of a, not even kind of, it is a tragedy. Uh, the death of former Pittsburgh Penguins center, Adam Johnson, uh, passes away during a game tragically at the age of 29. Uh, just for some background here, Johnson was undrafted, but played in 13 NHL games. All of them were with the Pittsburgh Penguins from 2018-2019 to 2019-2020. Uh, scored one goal, had three assists. There's actually a video circulating of uh, the one goal that he scored. He put in a rebound. Um, but there was a tragedy that occurred on Saturday during an EIHL game. Uh, he was playing for the EIHL's Nottingham Panthers against the Sheffield Steelers. And I also want to give a shout out real quick here to uh, Sneaky Joe, who does a great job hosting Locked on Sabres. But the first time I heard about this tragedy was actually a tweet that he put out. And apparently there's a video circulating of pretty much Johnson, um, you know, taking a skate to the neck. And, and that obviously ended up costing him his life. Uh, but Joe basically is warning everybody not to watch this video. And I'm glad he did because that video is out there. It is online. And I've been able to, to avoid watching it. And I have no plans on ever watching it. I know there can be kind of a morbid curiosity with that kind of a thing. But everybody that I've seen online that said that they've watched it has regretted doing so. So... My advice to everyone is don't watch the video. Again, morbid curiosity is a thing that exists, but I, I got to be honest, you know, just 
based on what everybody's saying, it sounds like it's really shaken people up that have that have watched it. Uh, basically, what happened, I read about it. Even that's hard to get through, let alone seeing it. But Escape made contact with his neck during the middle of a play. Um, he tried to get back up, tried to make it to the bench, could not do it. Uh, the game was immediately stopped. Players from both sides kind of locked arms around him to kind of form that protective ring around him. Paramedics were working on him. They did everything they could. Um, again, obviously, the game was 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 halted at that point, and arena was actually evacuated of fans, but taken to the hospital and unfortunately just did not make it. Uh, just awful. Anytime something like this happens, to me, it's kind of like a miracle that this doesn't happen more often in hockey. When you think of how fast-paced everything is and uh, how hard-hitting it is and people flying all over the place, uh, just, just a miracle that it doesn't happen more often than it did. But um, again, part of the reason I bring this up, obviously, to pay tribute to Adam Johnson and obviously say rest in peace, but I mean, it sounds like this video is is not something that you want to watch. So I I just, if you see it, sometimes, you know, on Twitter, you go through your timeline or whatever, and then the video will just kind of play on its own. So if you see this video, again, my advice is stay clear of it because everybody that has seen it has been saying that they wish that they did not see it. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, and again, obviously, rest in peace, Adam Johnson. Just a terrible tragedy. Uh, to switch our attention back to this Ranger game, and look, obviously, always a little jarring going for something like that back to a Ranger game. And it does put in perspective, this is just a game. I know we're all passionate fans and we all want to see the Rangers do well and win a Stanley cup, but uh, it is a horrible scene unfolding um, on Saturday night in, in that, in that hockey game. So back to the Rangers here, uh, they do win this game. They, it goes into overtime and um, kind of a crazy end to the third period. Uh, the Canucks were able to tie it once the Rangers got up three to two on the goal by Mika Zibanejad. Uh, they tie it on a slap shot through traffic by Susie. Uh, the Canucks power play had just expired. Canucks went just one for six on the man advantage. Uh, so obviously a nice job to the Ranger penalty killers. Nick Bonino was a block shot machine out there and overall just doing a nice job on the penalty kill where the Rangers uh, probably taking too many penalties, but at least they're killing them off uh, more often than not. Um, not too long after this, the final minute, I wanted to give a shout out to Jacob Truba here. I think he's very quietly played very well to start the season, as has Keandre Miller, that pairing off to just a night and day difference between how they started last year and how they've started this year. And I know Truba was dealing with some injuries last season at this time, um, but they've just been really, really steady every single night. Uh, but Truba put a really big hit on, once again, our old friend Phil DiGiuseppe along the boards on the right side. And shout out to Phil DiGiuseppe as well. He played 30 games with the Canucks last season and has played in all eight games with them this year. He's got two goals and two assists in those eight games and is a plus eight. So, you know, somebody who's bounced around the NHL and the AHL, had a short stint with the Rangers. Uh, nice to see him doing well and actually playing with other former Ranger, uh, JT Miller, on the Canucks. So, anyway, game goes into overtime. Nobody's able to score at the end of regulation. And really just kind of a, a crazy overtime period. The Rangers, I'm always curious to see who they start with. And we didn't really know who it was going to be because there were no Ranger overtime games either this regular season or during the preseason. This is our first taste of overtime hockey this year. And we get Mika, Kreider, and Fox. Uh, Mika deflected, uh, or rather, JT Miller shot out of play. Uh, that was a nice defensive play by Mika early in the overtime period. You also had Vincent Trocek out there on the ice for a defensive zone faceoff. He was 14-6 and six on the dot up to this point in the night and uh, won this one as well to make it 15-6. and six. Um, obviously just a huge face-off win in the defensive zone in the overtime period. So nice to see Trocek uh, excelling in that area as he's done in the past. Um, you had Igor Shesterkin basically stealing the show in the overtime. He was really good throughout this game. A couple of really nice saves, but, you know, huge drives to the net. 
Igor turns it aside. Uh, Pedersen had a shot blocked by Keandre Miller. And then the one that everybody was talking about, the one that was kind of making its rounds on uh, social media and one that I'm sure was like on plays of the night, uh, Kuzmenko, really nice play here, puts the puck between his own legs, fakes Trocek basically out of his skates. You know, Trocek, I don't even blame him here. Sometimes you really just kind of have to tip your cap to these players and just admire how talented they really are. But Kuzmenko played the puck between his own legs, goes to the net, Igor with just an awesome point-blank save. Uh, and then an even more awesome save on the rebound attempt. He basically laid out, got his glove on it, snagged it, uh, somehow prevent the puck from going in here. I, I think a lot of goalies are getting beat on this, and that's probably the end of the night. Um, but Kuzmenko was actually laughing after it happened. He just could not believe that he didn't score on either of these chances here. We also get Filipito winning a defensive zone draw with Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren. Um, and then Panarin finally got onto the ice. He wasn't on the ice until there was only 320 left. Uh, he had a couple of chances. Uh, you got Igor Shesterkin fighting off another shot from Anthony Beauvillier. Got his glove on it, deflected it a little bit wide. Um, Igor was absolutely fantastic. Stop 30 of 33 shots in this game. And then we got Trocek actually losing a defensive zone draw. So that dropped him down to 15 and 7. Uh, and then Gustafson, a really nice job forcing Kuzmenko out of the Rangers zone. Kuzmenko uh, got behind the defense not too long after this, hit the outside of the post after receiving a pass. Looked like Igor got a, a little piece of it with his gloves, so coming close to losing there. But all this set the stage for Ke'Andre Miller to win the game in controversial fashion for the New York Rangers. Uh, he wasn't really the one that the controversy surrounded. That would be Chris Kreider. Uh, where we talk about that final play, breaking down whether it should have been a goal or not in just a second. First, though, got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so without any further ado, let's go ahead and break down what was the game-winning goal for the Rangers in overtime. Uh, Kreider to Keandre Miller for the winner, and we'll debate whether or not the Rangers you know, should have won this game and uh, should that call have stood in the Rangers' favor. I mean, I shouldn't really say stood in the Rangers' favor. It was basically a no-call. Um, you know, Kreider potentially tripping Pedersen, but we'll get to that in a second. First, the play itself, uh, you've got Kreider, Stealing the puck from Pedersen. And again, we will break down this portion of the play in greater detail in just a minute here. But Kreider with a great play up the left side of the ice. A lot of speed. Uh, he looks to make a backhanded pass to Keandre Miller, but it wasn't there. It was a good job by the defenseman uh, taking away the passing lane. But also an even better play by Chris Kreider here. I think a lot of people in this situation might you know, kind of panic and try to force the puck over there anyway, even if it's not there, or maybe just play the puck at the net themselves. Instead, Kreider, understanding the situation, three on three, ton of open ice, nobody really all that close to him, nobody really able to pressure the puck on that play. He recognized that he could hang on to the puck for, you know, pretty much as long as he wanted here. Like I said, there was nobody really putting any pressure on him. So he spins around, gets the puck on his forehand, sells that he's going to shoot, Draws the defender toward him just a little bit. And now the passing lane is open to Keandre Miller on the other side of the net. Kreider makes the pass. Miller winds back and blasts it. And he scores a one-timer goal. Raiders win in overtime. This was really their first good chance 
to score in the overtime period. And up to this point, the Canucks had several. And obviously, Igor Sesterkin basically uh, stood on his head to keep the puck out. So uh, the Canucks had the better play in the overtime, but this is how it goes in NHL overtime sometimes. It only takes uh, one opportunity, and your goalie can make a difference. And that's what we saw here. Um, also worth noting, Keandre Miller mispracticed the previous day, uh, was just listed as a maintenance day. It didn't sound like he was ever really uh, in any danger of missing this game, but obviously uh, we're happy that he played. And similar to Mika Zibanejad earlier in the game, getting his first goal this season, uh, that could not have come at a better time. This goal for Keandre Miller could not have come at a better time either. Uh, once again, the game winner in overtime. So an awesome play there by Kreider and by Miller. But back to the portion of this play where... Kreider and Pedersen make contact. Pedersen goes down to the ice, and Kreider's able to take the puck away from him. Uh, the Canucks coaching staff was mad. The Canucks fans were mad. I can certainly understand why. Whenever something like this happens, I try my best to take the Rangers out of the equation. Like, give me two, like, just completely random teams that I don't care about at all playing each other, and how would I view this? Would I see this as a trip? I do my best to kind of look at it that way. This one, to me, very borderline, very 50-50. On one hand... My understanding of the rule is that, you know, Kreider, despite the fact that he doesn't have the puck, he still has just as much of a right to that ice as Pedersen does, even though Pedersen's the one with the puck. And if it's a situation where the two players just collide and Pedersen goes down, that's not a trip. Um, but then there's other angles where, you know, it looks like Kreider maybe stuck out his leg just a little bit to try to slow him down and try to, uh, you know, prevent him from getting to the net. There's angles where it looks like that was the case. There's angles where it looks like that didn't happen at all, and it's just a case of two players bumping into each other. I'll just say right now, I don't know. It, again, it, there's a lot of gray area here, very much a 50-50 play. If they had called Kreider for tripping, I wouldn't have been able to go crazy about it. Um, again, it's borderline. It's a split-second decision for the ref. Do I put my arm in the air or not? He chose not to. The play continued, and as fate would have it, this turned out to be just a few seconds later, uh, the sequence in which the uh, Rangers scored the game-winning goal. Um, so as far as that being a trip, I don't know. Again, it very much uh, could have gone either way. Um, as far as other things that the Rangers made didn't do so great in this game, the penalty killing was awesome, but to have to try to kill off six power plays in one game, that's a bit much as well. Rangers had a bunch of power plays themselves, and they won the special teams battle, which they continue to do, and that's awesome to see. But a couple of bad penalties. You know, I, I got to call out Trocek again because this just keeps happening. I am a big fan of Trocek, big fan of his game. I love pretty much everything he does out there on the ice for the Rangers. As you guys know, um, I was a big fan of you know, the everydayers will know. I was a big fan of Trocek before he ever even came to the Rangers. But the one area of his game that I think is driving probably all of us a little nuts is the bad penalties. And we saw another example of that in this game. First period, Rangers are swarming in the Canucks zone. It was the Trocek line that was uh, causing some havoc on Vancouver's side of the rink here. Um, you know, getting a lot of chances. Gustafson had a shot that had to be fought off by DeSmith. Um, but then Trocek in the offensive zone, Another slashing penalty. He did the same thing a game or two ago in the offensive zone, just slashing away at somebody, and the ref calls it. Same thing here. So the Rangers, you know, they have all this momentum, and they're they're swarming in the offensive zone, and Trocek just slashes his guy and gets called for it, and now there's a penalty, and now the Canucks have a power play instead of the Rangers, you know, having the Canucks back on their heels. And then there was another one on Panarin in the second period where um, it looked like the Canucks, you know, there might have been an odd man rush here, but still an offensive zone holding penalty against Artemi Panarin. So, you know, there are a couple examples of this, just taking too many penalties in general. I think that's an area the Rangers need to clean up at least a little bit. Um, and then another thing the Rangers had some issues with was their own power play when they had the four-minute uh, man advantage in the third period. 
Um, the game was tied at this point, and you get that bad pass by Adam Fox to Mika Zibanejad. Just a little bit of miscommunication there. Goes the other way. 2-on-1 for the Canucks, and they score and take the lead. And then not too long after this, uh, the Canucks had another chance. While the Rangers are still on the power play, uh, the Canucks were buzzing in the Rangers zone while shorthanded. Rangers eventually, you know, held them off. But, I um, mean, a couple of shaky moments there in the third period for the Rangers. But, again, nice to see them coming back. And that's been a theme for the Rangers thus far this season. Some come-from-behind wins. Uh, they've had three of those so far this year. All three have occurred during this road trip. So, Three of the Ranger four wins on this road trip are of the come-from-behind variety. They were down one nothing in Seattle. They were down one nothing in Calgary, and now down 2-1 to one in Vancouver. Now, these are not enormous deficits. You know, the Rangers rallying out of a three- or four-goal hole here, but it's still nice to see them, you know, sticking with their game plan, even when things aren't necessarily going great for them, and uh, finding a way to battle back and win the game. That's obviously a good theme. You know, you don't want to be falling behind in too many games, but it's nice to see the Rangers uh, battle back when that has happened. So, as we mentioned, I figure we could pretty much call it there, uh, but the Rangers now 4-0 to start this road trip. Final game of the five-game road trip. We actually get a normal start time, 7.30 in Winnipeg tonight, Monday night, against the Jets. The Jets are 4-3-1 to start the season. And as I tweeted out uh, before this most recent game, I don't know who needs to hear this, but that game against the Canucks, that was the final New York Ranger game that starts later than 8 p.m. until January 18th when the Rangers will be on the road against the Vegas Golden Knights. So enough of this already. And look, there might be some people who prefer the late starts. There's obviously people uh, in other time zones. Maybe that works out in your favor as well. But I think for the most part, most of us probably prefer the, the shorter, the earlier start times. Um, and that's going to be the case going forward. Like I said, no game starting later than 8 p.m. until January 18th. That's good news, I think, for the majority of Ranger fans. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.